when I first came up with this idea, um, it was on submission for a really long time. And um, I kind of thought to myself, well, if it doesn't sell, at least I'll never have to draw it. <laughs> Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another You May Contribute of Verse. Team Versi is Brenna Jennerett, author and outdoors mom, John Seymour, editor, author, illustrator, and data guy, and me, Josh Munkin, science communicator, dad, and author. I originally floated the idea of this conversation by Kristen Wasson a long time ago, and now it feels like a long time since we first recorded the episode in February of this year. As in everything Kidlet, though, one of my own big takeaways, which you'll hear about early in the conversation, so I won't spoil it, is to keep your eyes and heart open to opportunity. Here's me forcing a segue. Speaking of open to opportunity, that's what the protagonist of Kristen's debut, Mr. Thatcher's House, which came out last year, is decidedly not. Until 27 children, several bears, and a gumdrop-loving witch come knocking. We love this book in our house, and I cannot recommend it enough. Please enjoy our chat with Kristen, but first... Astute regular visitors to our sponsor, Justin Cologne's site, kidlithive.com, may note a couple of changes worth exploring here. Justin's got some intriguing offerings coming up in the fall, beginning with a six-session online class hosted by Karen Boss, senior editor at Charlesbridge. Her class titled From Idea to Publication, Creating, Crafting, Revising, and Demystifying Children's Publishing will take us through getting a new idea, polishing it into a quality manuscript, into selling the story, and finally seeing it on the shelf. These six early evening sessions will give you a deeper look into how to craft a stronger story hosted by seasoned seasoned workshop presenter and class hoster in karen hey guess what else is new you may have seen this on twitter but i'm really excited about this two words editorial services justin has launched and quickly had to close for a bit due to high demand but don't worry, it's open again now. A range of affordable editorial services from pitch and query critiques to Zoom meetings. I can speak from personal experience when I say that Justin's advice is top-notch, designed to represent the level and detail of thoughts you might get from agents and editors. Check all of what's coming at kidlithive.com. That's K-I-D-L-I-T-H-I-V-E.com. Now here is Kristen Wasson's verse say something i was about to say something golden the number of times that i've <laughs> that i've pinged you on twitter i know to your twitter no doesn't it doesn't i i don't even go on there lately um That's which is right. kind of sad because i've like i feel like i've connected with a lot of people on twitter um so yeah twitter is i mean it's gotten to be like a weird a weird place now because i i mean i personally don't follow anybody I know in real life on Twitter except for except for Josh I know Josh like in real life kind of but like you know sort sort of of. we're like kind of friends anyway so but it's like all kid lit people right so my my Twitter is kind of curated in a way that's like it doesn't it it has these parameters built in where it's like I'm not getting a lot of that like you know like gross like outer shell of Twitter like leaking into my world too much so I I don't mind it so much but I know that a lot of people that I do follow that I like to you know chat with or whatever have like yeah stopped coming on or have gone elsewhere which is kind of a bummer because you're like well shoot like 
I don't have to learn a new platform and a whole thing and whatever, but like I like no, following I gotta, these people. Yeah, I got to go to Instagram. I know. For Maddie Frost. Content. I know. We <laughs> love Maddie Frost, but she's like, yeah, Twitter, I'm out. So actually, Maddie had her baby. That's really exciting. Congratulations, Maddie, if you're listening. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, she had a baby girl, Beatrice, and they call her Birdie for short. Isn't that cute? Oh, that's cute. That's for yeah. sure. But anyways. Had any babies lately? Uh, no, not lately. It feels like it was just yesterday, but I think it's been about eight years. <laughs> I think. So I, w- I want to make sure and acknowledge for the podcast that through weird happenstance, you're my Disney hookup. Yes. Disney? <laughs> I am um, abnormally excited about your trip to Disney, even though I'm not going. <laughs> oh, I'm like, what? How did you? Do you have a secret book deal I don't know about? Are you just skipping books and going like straight to the big screen, Josh? Oh, no, no, no. Me? No, no. We're just going to the park. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get to, I'll come away with some ideas for Networking opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know how we got to that point originally, Kristen, but I think it was in the it was in the Fred Kaler Make-A-Wish Quinn's Monsters overlap. Well, we just via email where we were We just went to Disney in the right? summer, so maybe we talked about it. I can't remember how it came up either. Yeah. But he's that's using so my Disney funny. travel anyway. planner. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Who has been an absolute She's an amazing. absolute delight to work with. <laughs> Well, can we please talk about Quinn's Monsters since since you brought that up? Because, I mean, what a great project. Segway to something kid-lit yeah. related. Right? What yeah. an amazing project. And that you guys got to collaborate because you had you had previously collaborated on that picture already. So maybe you guys want to tell like the story of it for the for everybody listening. Um, Josh? <laughs> Do you want to tell it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the story, it's funny because the story, the story of that image goes, goes back further it than It goes back to me. And we can, Kidlet Zombie yeah. Week. So right. I created that image originally for Kidlet Zombie Week. And then Josh. <laughs> yeah. And then I inserted myself into somebody else's illustration. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> enjoyed it. Six Ladies and a Man manuscript. Um, I guess it was last year. I guess, yeah, last 2021 20, summer, 22 summer, that you all ran for Kidla Zombie Week, like a, like a pre-competition for, um, who you know, who wants to name this little zombie mermaid? Um, and a bunch of comments, I named her Sink um, from from the notion of the fact that in in the image and we'll put the image either in the in the show notes or in the in the Mm, twitter instagram posts about this but um in the image are a bunch of sunken gravestones and she's a little zombie mermaid talking to a fish and the image that i i had in my head was of um her being named something that was adjacent to something that she was um that that she did as a zombie which is sink down to the bottom of the ocean and that um uh, also adjacent to something that she was uh, interested in. So I, I kind of like wrote this backstory for her where her name was sink because she sunk. And also she was very, very interested in what, what plumbing was. for humans. <laughs> like She was this little zombie who really loved like pipes because she's in the ocean. What does she care about? You know, where water goes? Cause it's all around her. Um, so I commented that and you all chose and that. That made me laugh out loud, which puts you way up in the running. <laughs> nice. I read it. Always my once ultimate I made goal. The pl- once I read the plumbing connection, um, how could I not? That's, I yeah. mean, but that's, 
that's just it, right? It's like a really unique take on that because I think I, because I, I played along too and I think I named her Z or something and it, you know, mine was because I'm vegan and I was like, oh, it'd be funny if she was vegan, but then like a lot of people went that way and so it was just sort of like, you know, more, more of the same, but Josh's like stood out in a way that was like, oh, like I, I didn't think about that. So like, that was That's- a great one. I think that's kind of a cool thing like about um, like if you're an author illustrator, you are thinking of the words and the pictures in conjunction, which that has its benefits. But um, to add another person into the mix, like can bring in this other, you know, point of view, um, other ideas that make things really interesting. It was pretty fun. Just also acknowledging the reality that most of kid lit originates from the writer and is brought to life by the illustrator. Mm-hmm. And this was an interesting sort of tweak on let's start with an illustration and build a story from that, which doesn't, doesn't tend to happen. It would be an interesting project, I guess, to think about like, okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm an illustrator. I'm going to submit this concept, but I don't really want to write the story for it, like by the character. And then let's write the, write the story around that. Uh, that's a lot, how like a lot of, you know, animation works and TV right. and things, but not, not kill it per se. Yeah, totally. And then, but, and then you guys took it a step further because we um, had Fred Kaler on the podcast to talk about Quinn's monsters and Josh wrote this thing to put in the book and he was like, shoot, like we, you know, we need this, <laughs> this, <thing. laughs> this story. <laughs> um, but we needed to submit with a, with an illustration. Cause you know, it was a, it was a sort of collaboration thing. It wasn't like here, here's my words, like find an illustrator. It was like, no, like you, like, please submit, like, you know, something that's going to go together. Cause that, you know, Fred was going to be taking on the project of this whole book. So, um, I remember like he messaged me and was like, do you think Kristen will be like into it? Like I could use, I could just use that piece. Like she already, you know, she already did it. It's like no more, no extra work. So yeah. And, and yeah. And then the fact that he could write the words that went with it. Um, it wasn't like he was just like pulling a random illustration to put with his words, but I was very excited. Yeah. And I sure, I sure was not going to draw anything <laughs> uh, that would have gotten ultimately oh, come accepted. On. No, no, no. I know my, uh, I know the borders of my skill set, and it does not overlap with illustration. <laughs> Kristen, are you, so, I was looking, sorry, yeah. I, w- I was looking at your website before we came on though. Are you primarily an illustrator or are you an author illustrator as well? Um, well, I guess I'm an author illustrator, um, but I started as just an illustrator. Like I came into picture books because I wanted to draw pictures and, um, I guess over time I started to realize that I needed to write my own stories. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I would be, um, you know, just hoping that a story that I loved would come to me. Um, so I wanted to, I guess, set myself up to be able to illustrate the stories that I really wanted to illustrate by also writing the words. And Mr. Thatcher's house is fantastic. Oh, thank I you. Mean, we've got our copy, and uh, and we tried it out a lot. My my just turned six year old is on a kick now where uh, she's anti adversity in all the picture books that we read together. Oh. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, Mr. Thatcher, for the moment, gets too frustrated <laughs> with the tenants that come and live in his house for us to be reading that at bedtime. But we'll get back to it. I think that's a phase How, that we've so, been through. Yeah, university. yeah. you just you want to keep things light. Yeah. So I, I dip into the Josh Funk and the you know, there you go. Oliver Jeffers. The world has been heavy lately, so, so yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, she's feeling real, real stressed out by world events. 
Um, she's taking it all really heavy. No. Um, <laughs> um, so you you use the descriptor. I mean, just just an illustrator. So before you before you got into kid lit, what were you what were you illustrating? Um, I wasn't illustrating anything really. I was a graphic designer, so mm-hmm. um, I was doing a lot of you know brochures and posters. Um, I worked for a state agency here in Texas. Um, so most of what I was doing was very like corporate and. Um, occasionally I would have opportunities to do like more illustrative things because I worked on uh, the Texas Adoptive Beach program, which, um, you know, they have a kids art contest and they try to make it uh, really attractive to kids to want to go and, and help clean up the beach. Um, so there was some opportunity there and with some of the other programs to do uh, more creative things, but... Um, I really didn't do any illustrating until I decided to try to do picture books. And then I just went down a, a rabbit hole. Oh. And <laughs> See, I mean, and again, we, we talk about this a lot on the podcast about this notion of like, it doesn't pay to prep. There's no way we would have uncovered your graphic design sort of background. And the fact that, you know, your, your complete identity is not these gorgeous lush painterly illustrations and like very precise attention to to carpentry detail and things like <laughs> that like it goes well beyond that um and this that's just the skill set that you sort of like lever for kid lit yeah so what so you had been doing that for a while and then you went down the the kid lit rabbit hole like you said so what did your um sort of journey i guess to mr Th- mr thatcher's house look like like how did that Monster i know it's like a tongue twister for a minute sorry so how how did that how did that sort of come about like did you did you have to submit for a while like everybody else or how did it work um you know for a while i was trying to get um an art rep just because i thought that i just wanted to illustrate so um I guess it kind of started, I joined uh, 12 by 12 and spent, you know, like a year doing the workshops and working on writing things. And I would participate in StoryStorm, um, Tara Lazar's event that she mm-hmm. does every year. And it was during a StoryStorm that I wrote down the little idea that eventually turned into Mr. Thatcher's house. Um, and yeah, I... I guess the first version of it looked kind of similar, but my art was very um, primitive, I would say, compared to what I'm doing now. Um, And so that evolved over time. And I started submitting, I can't remember, maybe it was like a year before I started submitting it to agents and I can't remember exactly. It's, It's, been a couple of years now. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, it's hard to sort of reconstruct. What what does Storystorm look like for you? Um, like, are you jotting ideas down, or you jot, or you're doing sketches and things? Oh, I'm definitely writing down words. Um, yeah, I would just keep a notebook and, like everybody else, um, read the post and um, think about ideas throughout the day and try to write down an idea every day. Or maybe I would miss a few days and write down like five ideas in one day <laughs> really scramble yeah <laughs> totally like catch up 
Yeah. Also, can I please make a quick side note here? So I have not gotten my copy of Mr. Thatcher's house yet from the library. And so when I looked at it this morning, I was like, oh, right, Mr. Thatcher's house. And for some reason, I thought it was from, that was Audrey's, Audrey Perot's book, who she did hat for house and so i put those two together so you are the author <laughs> illustrator of mr thatcher's house so i'm sorry that was so i am and you know that what? was I so should've... ridiculous i'm sorry i did not know if that i light. had known that i would have sent you a copy of it to read um a digital copy or a digital well, copy to read beforehand <laughs> well no worries because this way my library has to get it and so this is you know now your book is in another library so excellent no, thank you i just yeah no of course i just wanted to clear that up because you're probably like oh my god like what this is her job like she she's like you know you interview people on your podcast because you're supposed to know this stuff so I'm so sorry I did not mean to make that mistake my brain just went like straight because we had just talked to her anyways yeah you're the illustration on that cover though is like it's just it's incredible like how much you captured like the whole mood of it I was like I was so drawn in and as I was scrolling through too the one thing that came to me when I was looking through some of your stuff was like the movement in it like there's like so much like motion and it's it's hard to do that with like a standalone picture right I like I could like feel like the like the space between people or like the wind like moving through like the horse's hair like it was it's very good it's very cool Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad that I captured that because one of the, when I first came up with this idea, um, it was on submission for a really long time. And um, I kind of thought to myself, well, if it doesn't sell, at least I'll never have to draw it. (laughs) Because I, because the longer, the the more time went on, I was like, oh, this is going to be really hard to pull off because there are so many characters and there is so much that is happening um on every page that it I started to feel intimidated by like having to visually capture my own idea on paper oh that's and you I mean just like one of the last fairy tales in the book it's not like a twist or anything so there's no no spoilers spoilers. here but it's like little 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 old lady who lives in a shoe comes knocking at the door and you now I'm imagining you going like all right, is there anything else that I can shoehorn in, not to use a pun, but shoehorn in that like could require me to, to have to draw fewer children? <laughs> <laughs> My um, original uh, manuscript that I wrote, she specifically had 27 children because I thought 27 was a funny number of children to have. And, yes. and as I got to the point where I was going to have to draw it, I was like, maybe we don't have to specify that in the words. <laughs> So that I won't be locked in. It's not a, yeah, it's not as funny to draw 27. No, it's not. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so interesting though, that you said that like feeling like intimidated by your own words, like trying to illustrate that. I, I feel that as a, as just an author, right? Because I don't illustrate my own stuff. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to make this like weird, crazy scene. And like, that's supposed to be great. Like, you know, illustrator bait, you call it. Right. So like an illustrator should be psyched on this, but I never considered that if they're reading this, they're going to be like, oh, God, like, I'm going to I'm going to have to do what? Like, like, maybe we should do a couple of edits. Like, what do you think about, like, you know, this scene where they're just like, you know, sitting on a rock or something? Just <laughs> maybe they character. should just right. stay yeah. in the house. <laughs> right. Maybe they don't do anything. Yeah, right. Maybe the story doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about that? Let's go elephant and piggy and just like just flat background. So we don't have to. Mess yes. With this. Yes. yes make right. It make it real simple. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I never thought about that. You. Did you do a lot of, because this is the thing that, that 
comes out to me every time. You do a lot of, um, uh, not carpentry, but like architectural research uh, to yes. get everything right. Like how? <laughs> yes. Because it looks very right, like joists and, um, you know, joins between boards and things. Oh, wow. um, it's all very precise. Um, I actually brought in a consultant. Um, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, so <laughs> my, the story is based on my father-in-law, who is a carpenter, and um, my husband is also a carpenter. So basically anytime I needed help with anything looking right, I could just say, hey, will you look at this and tell me what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> my husband actually... Well, first, it's a rabbit and not a human. That's the first issue. <laughs> yes. Um, and my husband actually built me like a like a little mock-up, not a real staircase, but like I said, I didn't know how to draw the stair treads in perspective. And so he went and got a cardboard tube and he poked nail holes in it all the way up um, oh, wow. and measured it so that it would be like the way stair treads would actually go. And I was able to use that as my reference to make the staircase look like it was in perspective. Oh, wow. Shout out to Mr. Walsh. Yeah, right. That's a wow. That is a that's a good husband. That's a committed a committed guy right there. That's rad. Yeah, it was it was a good idea. So what what did the you said the the style of it changed a lot? I mean, what did it look like in its earliest versions when you when you were starting to shop it around? Um, I guess the style. I don't. I want to say the style didn't really change that much. It's just the the skill level of my drawing, I guess, got better because mm. I start, I wrote the story and made the first iteration of the dummy in 2018 and the book came out in 2022. So in four years, um, oh my, gosh. my drawings changed a lot. So I don't know if you ever see like on social media, people will post side by side pictures of this was my drawing five years ago and this is what it looks like now it's completely different. So even if I had tried to draw it the same way, it, it wouldn't have looked the same. I had to redraw everything to make it all consistently in my style and current skill level. <laughs> that, that's really interesting. I mean, so if you, cause publishing takes forever, right? So like if mm -hmm. you submit something and you're like, okay, great, I got a book deal, but it's not gonna be published for like three years, right? So like how much right. can change in between when you actually get accepted until the pub date? Like that's, I mean, I feel like that speaks volumes about like how slow publishing is, like that it can change that much to the point where you're like, I, I have to do, I have to redo everything in this like new style that I have now. Like, well, I like to think it speaks volumes about how quickly we can um, improve our skills as mm. artists. So that's a much more positive that spin. That's <laughs> right. Thank you for yeah, that. Really. Yeah, really. And <laughs> I actually like people, they were like, oh, it seemed like at the beginning, they were kind of wondering if I would want to, you know, keep any of my original illustrations. And I was like, no, I want to redraw the whole thing. It's like saying like, oh, okay, well, do you want to, do you want to publish the first draft yeah. of your written where it's like, no, thank you. I mean, I, I don't know that they would have let me it's keep. It's good in theory. <laughs> I don't know that they would have let me keep the actual illustrations, but I just, it, I needed to start completely from scratch when it sold. So. You did, I mean, you sold it on the original drawings right. though, I guess with the understanding that you were going to kind of redraft. 
Um, and you know, that's not like specifically laid out. So I actually had to ask, Hey, is it okay if my style is, you know, not the same as what it looked like in the dummy? Mm. Is that going to be okay? And it seemed like they were, you know, they're able to look at the kind of work that you're doing right now, I guess, based on what you share online Mm. in your portfolio. So they were willing to trust me that, um, whatever the way that it would turn out would be okay. (laughs) So when you got the book deal, how long was it, like, how long was it till you had the deal to publication? Like, how much time in between? Um, I want to say that the deal was finalized and announced in May of 2022, or no, 2021, and then I turned in all of the final art in March of 2022. And it came out in August, September-ish. Okay. Of that, that year. That feels fast. That does, that does seem yeah. fast, especially if you, I mean, you have to write it and illustrate it. That does seem really well, fast. Well, the, wor- the words, the manuscript was written. So um, really, we just had to make some revisions to the text. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of art to draw in that amount of time. For me, at least, I feel like I take a long Mm -hmm. time to finish an illustration well i mean to be honest there's a lot to your illustrations (laughs) (laughs) so had it been on something since 2018 um no 2018 was when i made the first dummy i signed with my agent in 2019 um And then it was on, it went on submission right before the pandemic hit. Mm. So it kind of sat, um, it kind of sat in like acquisition meeting limbo for a while. And we were actually kind of starting to think that maybe it wasn't going to sell. And then all of a sudden things kind of um, picked back up and they started having meetings again and Mm. we had interest. But is that can be super frustrating. I feel like anyone we talk about who had books that got subbed right before the pandemic, right? It's just like this wet blanket over everything, you know, that just, it just like yeah. stopped everyone in their tracks and there was no way to predict that. So it's kind of like everyone was just going along and then all of a the sudden there was all these stop signs for everybody. Like things just shut down and you're like, but this is a timely book. Like it needs to be out now. Or like, you know, like you were just going to talk to somebody about whatever, but it's, everything is just paused. Well, and it was yeah. particularly timely with COVID because all of a sudden no one is letting people come in their house. And Mr. Thatcher is about this rabbit who just lets everyone come in. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, up until this point, I never, I never thought about that being a problematic subject matter for a pandemic. Right? Like all of a sudden, this is on the banned books list. They're like, I don't think so. This is not no, okay. Yeah, We're right. going to wearing masks. <laughs> right. They're, we don't like, know how we feel about that. Yeah. Hygiene is an the issue. People, OSHA's the people that, Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. The people that ban books are probably the ones that you know would welcome the subject matter of no masks. And <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting when we um, put when yeah. we were doing the um, book launch party because we actually the book is about it's based on my father-in-law and his um, never-ending house project. So um, <laughs> we thought that for the 
book launch party, we would invite everyone into his house. <laughs> so that's what we did. Oh but <laughs> that was when I started to think about, oh, we could not have done this during COVID. And I actually feel like I was pretty lucky that things worked out the way they did because some people had actual books that launched right in the middle of COVID. And I feel like that would have been even more of a letdown to not be able to celebrate, you know, with people in the way that we always thought we would. So, and for a book that is so much about, yeah, being in a house and like coming together, right? That did, yeah, it would feel weird if it was if it was sort of separated out like that. Uh, did you end up doing the the in person launch? Oh yeah, we did at mm-hmm. his house. We absolutely nice. did. We had um, and he we kept his house yeah. open for the entire weekend, and we probably had two hundred people come through. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And and he was giving tours of the house and showing off all of his, like, carpentry and stuff. That's Um, awesome. I love that he was into it. That's Yeah, no, he's super into it. He um, introduces himself as Mr. Thatcher sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, does he embrace his sort of, like... pastiche uh, or characterization I, but I, it sounds like yes maybe not the frustrated um, part but he still hasn't agreed to wear rabbit ears but yes other than that he does <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can't take a picture of him and illustrate oh him i can photoshop ears. some that's, rabbit that's, ears that's, on feels like him. fair game yeah <laughs> using your graphic design background right? who is your uh who's your agent uh my agent is adria getz she is Shout with out to PS Literary. When, um, so what was that interaction like with her? So like I like I know I know that you had had some some, you know, not rough illustrations, but in in your original style, in your sort of less less developed style, what else did you go to her with, and what was that interaction like? Um, well, I we actually connected through a Twitter pitch event, a uh, picture book pitch. So, um, I had post, I had posted, I had tweeted, I had tweeted a tweet. (laughs) Um, it was a, it was an illustration of the house. So one of the original illustrations was, um, the house with all of these other houses, um, fairy tale houses alongside of it. And, um, I had tweeted that in my pitch and basically if an agent or editor likes your tweet, you're supposed to, um, or you're invited to submit to them if you would like to. So um, I submitted to her after she liked my tweet. And um, I think within 24 hours, she had emailed me back. Um, and she was very excited about wow. Mr. Thatcher. So, <laughs> Did you get uh, any other hearts at that event? I got a bunch of other hearts. Um, wow. A lot of them might have been from people who were not really supposed to leave hearts. Um, I was going to say, were any of them like Keanu Reeves? I keep getting, You're not I keep getting like friended this. by yeah, Keanu right. Reeves over and over again on Instagram. I'm like, dude. He has a lot of up. accounts online. <laughs> I don't know how he has time to maintain so many accounts, but there that's are lots what, of them. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, Andrew, really persistent. Like, have you listened to the podcast? Is that why you want to be friends? Like, I don't know how you would even know me. Like, why You're are famous, you? famous, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, Apparently, I'm references like, we Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, status here I don't know anyways yeah so you got you got a bunch of hearts maybe maybe I got I got a few hearts that were from people from agents and editors um and yeah I got a lot of other hearts that were from people who had not read the instructions on picture book pitch but that yeah that just happens so I still appreciated them yeah right (laughs) so how does it I'm imagining a world 
now, just before we move off the subject of Keanu Reeves, imagining a world in which he has a literary agency of his own and he uh, reps your work. Oh, Brenna, uh, is that why he's been contacting you? I mean, it's all Yeah, right. He clear. wants to rep you. Yeah. So what was it like with the other hearts then? Did you follow through with them? And was it like, did you have some other like, you know, the calls and it just didn't click or how did that go? Um, I did follow through with them. One of them ended up being with someone who was at the same um, agency um, as Adria at the time. And so um, obviously they couldn't both, uh, I guess, do my submission or whatever. Um, And then one of the other ones was a small publisher um, that I followed through with. And um, yeah, I I actually did get an offer from them but um we decided to um do some more revisions and uh do a full round of submissions oh interesting why did you end up choosing um not to go with them um basically just didn't since the the story since the dummy hadn't actually been out on submission it just felt like um there could be other opportunities out there Mm. so we wanted to have a chance to um you know explore other options before making a snap decision to go with the first offer yeah yeah totally it yeah it's just interesting because it you know I feel like myself I would I get I get very excited and I tend to just like you know I'll like run off a cliff just like whatever like oh I'm so excited like let me have the whatever so like getting an agent and an offer all together I'd be like yes let's do this Um, but like having a little forethought and like you know perspective you know (laughs) and that is the beauty of having an agent because I would have run off that cliff with that publisher (laughs) yeah right and it would have been they're a great they're a great publisher they have great books it would have been fine but right Adria was like no we need to do a submission <laughs> due diligence right. yeah you got to look at every car in the lot first totally yeah thank god for so agents. having yeah. having somebody save me from myself um on a regular basis is nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a- agents uh, yeah agents functioning then as not as gatekeepers to the industry but uh, but as as saviors for authors yeah. and illustrators they, save them from from their and her other clients refer to her as fairy godmother She's our fairy godmother, and I like that a In lot. In fact, I feel like she's got an illustration as her profile pic. Oh, she does. Some Well, somebody such. somebody drew um, an illustration of her, and yeah, she's been using that as her profile pic for a while. <laughs> and oh, it's very, and, it, and she's 100% captured in that illustration. It's really cute. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Do you, do you have other stuff? I mean, we don't have to talk specifics, but I mean, you're... Your relationship with Adria has now spanned, um, I mean, a, a couple few years. Um, what other stuff do you have in the works um, with her? And uh, what's your experience been like working with her uh, as you sort of package up other story ideas and sort of negotiate, you know, a, bur- a burgeoning career? Um, she, I mean, she's been really great about, um, I guess, checking in with me and kind of keeping me on on track with, you know, making sure that I have other ideas that I'm working on, like what's your next project going to be. So it's kind of nice to have that extra little layer of motivation that 
you know, somebody is asking me what I'm working on, I'm going, oh, what am I working on? Um, <laughs> we, we have a... I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. Um, yeah, it is. And yeah, yeah she's, um, she's been known to, to pull up an illustration that I've posted and she'll say, hey, do you have a story to go with this? And I'm like, I don't, but I could. <laughs> and so then I'll work on it. And yeah, that's what happened with... Um, the dummy that we have on submission right now um, was an illustration that uh, she really liked and asked me if I had written a story to go with it. And um, after I thought about it for a bit, I came up with a story. So, is that is that generally how it goes for you? Like you come up with the illustration first and then the story? Um. So with Mr. Thatcher's house, no, but. Um, with my a lot of my other story ideas they have been inspired just from an image which um i think that's one of the reasons why i think it's really important that you know we're always like as artists um you know drawing in the sketchbook and um working on things that are not geared toward any project in particular because that's maybe when you're going to come up with something that gives you the idea for another story. We talked to Ann Appert, um, I don't know when, the, a while ago. <laughs> and I don't know when, I, it's going to be a few more months until their episode airs. But I, I, I recall talking to them about uh, the construction and layering of illustrations. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess that's what I, what I want to investigate with you is how you think about uh, constructing illustrations and adding, you know, details that become a story because, okay, I'm going to draw a picture of a bunny. Like how do I, how do I make a full character out of an illustration without having a story in mind? It's a very writerly sort of perspective, Mm. um, that I just, I'm, I'm curious how you, how you explore that for yourself. Like how do you take a character and then turn it into a story? Kind of, um, in a way. So there's one of your illustrations. I don't have your website up uh, because I just distract myself with researching things a lot during these conversations. But there's there's one that's like a it's like a firebird tree or something. There's a little girl looking up at a tree. I love that image, by the way. Thank you. But but the the sort of the ideation that goes into these illustrations and that seems like a very you know a good candidate for something. I don't know what that would be, but. where where does that come from? I mean, it's not a girl looking at a tree. It's not a picture of firebirds. It's something that melds a bunch of different concepts and becomes this layered and sort of intriguing visual space. Um, I mean, I think sometimes I am just imagining a place and then trying to think about who would be there. Um, and then once I figure out who would be there, what are they doing? Um, I mean, it's all kind of, and maybe I'm on Pinterest and like scrolling through images to get ideas. That's the secret. Um, (laughs) making a, like making a idea board, um, is something that I like to do where I just start pulling things that have like the feel and, um, I don't know, just the ambiance that I want (laughs) for the, you know, the mood vibes. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll just be doing that. And then I'm like, Oh, I know what to draw. 
so it it's locked it's in. It's hard yeah. to explain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as so if I'm if I'm working on a story, oftentimes it will break when I'm not like at the computer, right? So I have like my notes app, and I have like. You know, I have a planner that I still use, like, you know, pen and paper. Like, I've always liked that because it's so satisfying to, like, cross stuff off. So I like to take yes, notes on there. Yes, <laughs> crossing things off. Right? So anyways, but I will, like, jot down notes or, like, write, you know, some of the backstory or whatever on that. Is it similar for you as an illustrator? Like, do you, like, will you have just, like, pads and paper around and you're like, oh, shoot, oh, yeah. like, that image, like, just came to me and you're, like, writing? Yeah. Yeah, because it can be hard to take like you might have an image of something like in your head but if you have to like jot it down really quickly you're not going to be able to like recreate it on paper in a short amount of time and you might be doing something else um so I definitely like I like to have a physical journal but also like you said the notes app is always with you so I have probably I don't know 500 notes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my notes app where I've been like oh let's write this down really quick or you know awesome so like the parameters of the picture like oh I want to draw like this kind of person in this sort of place and like you'll come back to it like that sort of thing like writing down like keywords yeah or I might just like come up with something that helps me like remember the moment that I had that little sparkle of an idea and yeah just anything that I can think of that will help me recall that later because sometimes you write something down and then later you look at it and you're like what is that (laughs) you're better note takers than me I mean I do that too in my notes app and it is like 60 percent undecipherable like what was I thinking especially if the auto correct takes over while you're trying to do it and then it like changes some of the words you're like wait why does it say peanuts like Yeah. yeah Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, I actually just wrote this thing because I, well, I'm like waiting for stuff on sub or I just, whatever I'm getting, I get bored or I like just whatever, need a new idea. So I just wrote this thing called an open letter to Grammarly and I submitted it to a bunch of like funny sites because like I have some issues with Grammarly. I'm like, guys, like maybe I was trying to be passive aggressive here. Like, please stop trying to change like my tone. Right. Or like I was actually going for blah, blah, blah. Cause it's, yeah. Cause it's like that. I'm like, sometimes as a picture of a writer, like I have to make up words and I'm sick of seeing that like red line under there. I'm like, it's a word. Okay. Like back off Grammarly. Just learn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Figure it out. This is why I- AI will never replace us because <laughs> of our whimsy exactly. and our sort of like subversive intentions. That's right. Because I'm yep. like, I, I meant it just as I wrote it. Back off. Hey, everybody. A quick break, not for an open letter to Grammarly, but an open letter to several authors whose works we appreciate and want to shout out and review this week. So here's a little break for that. Um, John's review for the week is uh, alliterative. Carson Crosses Canada by Linda Bailey and illustrated by Cass Reich. Carson Crosses Canada takes young readers on an adorable adventure across the diverse landscapes of Canada. John's from Canada, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, so this is near and dear to his heart. Uh, Annie and her lovable dog Carson embark on a journey from British Columbia to Newfoundland, encountering captivating scenes and experiences along the way. The charming illustrations beautifully capture the essence of each region, uh, while the repeated words and vivid descriptions stitch the story together with a joyful energy. This delightful book is not only entertaining, but also serves as a wonderful introduction to the unique flavors of Canada for young explorers. 
Brenna this week reviews Facts versus Opinions versus Robots by Michael Rex. This book is a ridiculous and informative way to explore the differences between facts and opinions and why they both matter, why those, that distinction matters. If your kid has strong opinions about certain facts and loves robots, pick this one up today and watch for more coming in this fun series. And finally, my review is for a friend of the pod and former guest, Katie Howes. Katie Howes and I talked about her book, Woven of the World, on the podcast before Brenna and I started working together. And in fact, I think uh, Katie might have been our last guest before I took a hiatus and we sort of retooled the show entirely. So I'm really happy to be able to review Woven of the World today. Um, It's like nonfiction poetry uh, and is very inspiring. So much about it fosters imagination from the mother-daughter relationship that carries through to the weaving terminology used throughout to the curvy and vibrant illustrations that hint at how weaving and fabric making is so indelible which with culture no matter where you are on our planet highly recommend woven of the world by katie house if you have a book that you love take a moment if you would uh, either during or after this episode to give it a review because authors appreciate it so much uh, another thing that you should take a moment to do is if you have someone in the kidlit world who you appreciate or who you would like to celebrate, give them a shout out. I'm sure they would appreciate appearing and being immortalized on the podcast as well. And finally, we have t-shirts and other types of merch. Please visit our link tree, which is linktree.com slash verse show for links to um, sponsor the show in a small way through a shout out as well as shout out your own uh, kidlit buddies as well as grab some merch on our store as well. And now back to our conversation with Kristen Wasson. Okay, so we've talked about six ladies in a manuscript uh a little bit so far but uh you all are a powerhouse of uh, and, and and like one of the more vis- visible or recognizable because of you know killa zombie mm-hmm. week um critique groups out there i mean how when did, when and how did you get hooked up with the rest of the team that's another great thing that's happened on twitter that story. i'm just like <laughs> it seems like there's so many good things that happened on twitter and i've just abandoned it um yeah we i can't remember i think um jolene and jolene and caitlin and i were um i guess we connected over gifts on twitter (laughs) had so many great relationships and it was like i don't know my time it was like midnight one night and we were just like sending gifts back and forth and like cracking ourselves up and they invited me to be part of the um, the manuscript group, and it was like in the beginning there was like a different number of people. I can't I can't even remember if the name still fits the number of people that we have right now. Um, but yeah, they invited me to be part of that and um, participate in the kidlit zombie week as one of the hosts and they didn't have an illustrator so they wanted me to come up with like a little fun um illustration to use for that so i did and um they do most of the work (laughs) and then they just like they call me in for like a fun thing like choosing the winner of the um zombie naming contest or whatever um but yeah that's how we connected so you had not, you weren't like a legacy member of 
six ladies in a manuscript. A legacy I mean, pri- writer. prior to. I, I, well, like her, I mean, like for her lack mom of a better, part of the group a better term, and then you she got like grandfathered <laughs> in, like a, like a fraternity. <laughs> you know what? I'll get it in revisions. I'll use a different word in revisions. That's a that, but like an like an original, like a t- okay. Here's another uh, wrong term: a charter member, an OG of, member, uh, an OG. There you go, no, an OG um, member. They, were, six ladies in they were a group. Um, before I came along and they just, I don't know, we like in that one night we were just Twitter besties and um, they invited me to be in their group and yeah, it was really we nice think of your them. your gift game is strong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was really happy they did. It's been a lot of fun yeah. to participate in that um, each year. And this year I... Um, Usually don't I usually don't do a ton of critiques, but this year I was like, yes, give me all the critiques, and that was really fun also because um, I think I get really inspired by other people's writing when I critique their work. So um, even though it does take you know time to sit down and read somebody's uh, manuscript and try to think through how they can mm-hmm. um, work on it. Um, it is definitely I feel like it teaches me sometimes just as much as I hope they're getting out of it. Yeah, critiques are good like that because it's like a, it's like a, it's a really good like symbiotic relationship because I agree with you. Like I get all kinds of ideas from like critiquing other people's stuff. So it's, it's really helpful. The only time that I find it like really difficult is when I'm really invested in like whatever I'm working on at the time and that like context switching is like so jarring. I'm like, okay, stop thinking about your own book. Like really like focus and like, you know, give your attention to like this, you know, this manuscript. And so like for my critique group, my writing time is in the morning. So if I'm going to critique anything, I have to do it in the morning because other, like I can't critique something at night. Like I'm I'm not going to be doing it justice because I just can't like, my brain doesn't work like that, you know? And also, but if I am doing a critique instead of my own writing, then it's extra hard in the morning because I'm like, shoot, like I really, I want to be like working on my own thing, but like I need to focus. So it's like a lot of like push and pull, but ultimately, yeah, super helpful. It's really good to know that about yourself. Um, I think for the longest time, I always used to beat myself up that I couldn't do writing and drawing like in the same day. Ah, uh. And I figured out that I'm really bad at switching. Yeah. (laughs) Like I need hours of focus on a single thing um, to really like make progress. It seems like, but yeah, totally knowing, knowing that you're fresher in the morning um, is a good thing to know. I'm never fresh. Shout out to our Brenna's and my shared critique group. Totally funny for being very very patient with my pullback and critiques <laughs> as we focus on the podcast. Yeah, I've, I've got no, it does, it takes a, a ton of intentionality to do critiques well. And you, you want to make sure that you don't kind of do it halfway. Yeah. Right. Especially uh, if you're, so. you know, it's a, it's a recurring, you know, group thing. So when it's your turn, like if you mm-hmm. just, you know, don't do a good job, I mean, then yours is not, also not going to get a good critique, right? Like you have to be thoughtful about like yep. what you're, you know, you really have to like be in it, which yeah, you you can't do if you're you know totally distracted or like working on your other stuff or or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I'll I'll phone it in for some random. <laughs> some, yeah, if anyone wins a critique from Josh, I mean, good luck. <laughs> it's gonna be a comma here, capitalized there. You're good. Just kidding, internet. Just kidding. No, Josh actually gives very bring nothing but my critiques. 
when I bring my work, I bring nothing but my best work. I, I mean, like I yeah, anyway. I feel like that's that's true. I, I send him my stuff all the time because I know it's going to be really thorough and, and helpful. And he always brings like a different perspective, which is is really good. Because a lot of times I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so stuck. Like, please tell me what to do. Let's keep talking. About <laughs> do, you th- do you feel like you do you feel like you bring you bring a different perspective? I presume you're the only illustrator. Still, I am the only uh, illustrator. The do you feel like you bring a different perspective? to uh to the rest of your critiques i mean i hope that i do um (laughs) i don't know i feel like everybody gives everybody in that group gives really thoughtful critiques um did you mean within the six ladies in a manuscript group or Mm. yep yeah um within that group particular yeah i feel like every everybody gives really excellent thoughtful critiques and everybody has a different perspective and I don't know that I mean I guess I'm able to look at it from the point of view that I think about um if you were to take these words and put them with art like are all of these words necessary I Mm. come at it from more of the illustrator's point of view definitely in um deciding like what need what should stay and what should go um you know show don't tell um Mm. So from, maybe from that that point of view, yes. Um, but everybody, all of them have very different, unique, and helpful perspectives and give really good critiques. That's an interesting point because, I mean, there are, like, I know certain, you know, critique group partners where I'm like, okay, well, I know that, like, she'll take care of, like, the grammar for me, right? Or, like, the line edits because, you know, they happen to be really good at that. Whereas I'm like, I'm not. I mean, I just told you about my open letter to Grammarly. I probably get mad because they tell me to put a comma somewhere where it should, <laughs> there should be a comma. But I'm like, no, screw you, Grammarly. Like, I don't need your help. So... Anyway, so, like, there are some critique partners that I'm like, okay, great. Like, I, I'm so glad that she's going to, you know, look through it. And then there's others that are, like, really good at voice or really good at, like, plot structure or, like, building tension or whatever. And so, like, it's helpful, all, you know, across the board to have, like, a group as opposed to just, like, yeah. one one person that you that you trade with back and forth and you sort of know, like, okay, well, I know they're really good at this thing, but it's sort of not, like, not a well-rounded critique in terms of you know mm-hmm. hitting everything because you know that's why you have a group because not everyone is good at everything so you sort of need those pieces we've covered a lot of ground and we're coming up on the hour what what have we not talked about in the in the breadth of Kristen Wasson's experience um, and portfolio what haven't we explored add? yeah, yeah before, is there anything is a better way to ask <laughs> let you go <laughs> oh I don't well, I think I have anything off the top of my head. Hopefully there's not what you... too much that you're going to have to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> no. You get the I want raw, you to take out every all take. of the ums that I say. <laughs> or, the, or the likes. The likes. I said a lot of likes. We have to charge for those episodes. I'll pay you. <laughs> no, make no. me sound, make yeah, me sound right. good. <laughs> That's really how the podcast starts to make money. We get we get a bunch of people on here saying stuff they don't want to say. And we're like, well, for the right price. <laughs> for the yeah, for the for the Patreon, we'll put it behind right. the paywall. You get all the right. ums, ahs, and times that times that our guests badmouth their. Oh my god! Partners. They can just get like an audio file stream of likes and ums that they get to listen to if they support you on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We've, we've toyed with. 
with the notion of doing these live and that's a very it's a very different (laughs) (laughs) right i mean yeah yeah, for a lot of reasons that would be that would be a whole other thing i could see that being like a special episode here and there but controlled chaos control yes yeah exactly that's what we like to i think people would be a lot more like sort of stiff and reserved too if it were live you know because then you don't have the option because we've definitely done episodes before where the guests will come back and be like hey you know i thought i could talk about my deal but i i wasn't supposed to can you please take it out or just you know or whatever or oh i said this thing but like now i don't feel comfortable about it like could you please cut it it's like yeah like that's totally fine but like if we do it live oh god like there that's not an option there are so. no take backs <laughs> no no yep yep so yeah we'll save it for gerald gerald connors <laughs> nice nice well Kristen thank you so it's so much a, for coming on this yeah. was great thank you for inviting me this has been a long time coming we've been talking about it for so long so I'm glad <laughs> no. that we finally our collaboration made continues. it happen yes. yeah and yeah. I have no idea what it uh Fred had something else that he was talking about that was a nebulous was tweet I hope nebulous. something comes of that yeah. we can cut this out if it. something does back. come from it but it, his like I hope you're I hope you're open to some future goodness and yeah and he like left me on the edge of my her. seat I did see that I yeah. did see that that's right yeah right I hope I hope something comes of it well let Adrian know that a random podcaster from the internet is going to go through. <laughs> now, all of your illustrations uh, on your Instagram that don't have stories attached, I'm going to start ideating because uh, that seems to work I well think for that, us. I <laughs> think um, she would probably like that. <laughs> all right. Well, TBD. Yeah, right. Again, it's been, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening this week. Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you next verse. Bye.